Suddenly, a dark cloud settled over first period. I got a C in debate? Clueless protagonist Cher Horowitz is a master of making an argument. For Cher, the art of debate is the family business. Daddy's a litigator. Those are the scariest kinds of lawyers. Her focus at school... Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? Her way of expressing love? Chair, please don't start with the juice again. Daddy, you need your vitamin C. And her means of feeling in control of her life. Some teachers were trying to lowball me, Daddy. If we look closer, we can learn a few things from this teen about how to make our case so people will listen. And in conclusion, may I please remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Here's our take on how to harness our powers of persuasion like share. Before we go on, we want to talk about this video's sponsor. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can learn everything from video editing to business strategy, coding, or lucid dreaming. They offer 25,000 online classes from famous teachers at the top of their field. And right now, Skillshare is offering our viewers two months access to all their classes for free. So click the link in the description below to sign up now. Cher's instinct is always to quibble. I object. Do you recall the dates of these alleged tardies? When most of us would let things slide or hold our tongue. You don't understand. This is an aliyah. And a what -a? It's like a totally important designer. And I will totally shoot you in the head. As the daughter of a lawyer, Cher enjoys free lessons in fighting from a top-tier professional. He fights with me for free because I'm his daughter. Her father has imparted to her a value system that prizes skills of persuasion above everything else. You mean to tell me that you argued your way from a C-plus to an A-minus? Totally based on my powers of persuasion. You proud? Honey, I couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades. He teaches her that everything can be argued. Daddy, did you ever have a problem that you couldn't argue your way out of? Tell me the problem and we'll figure out how to argue it. When characters study subjects in school, the choice of subject is usually a reflection of the story we're watching. Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. Okay, Brutus is just as smart as Caesar. People totally like Brutus just as much as they like Caesar. It's there to reinforce or illuminate a deeper theme. In faith, I do not love thee with mine eyes, for then thee a thousand errors note. But tis my heart that loves what they despise. In Clueless, the main class we focus on is debate. Amber will take the composition. Cher will be pro. Cher's speeches rouse her classmates to enthusiastic applause. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Fine holiday fun. We can see why her arguments appeal to her peers. And so until mankind is peaceful enough not to have violence on the news, there's no point in taking out of shows that need it for entertainment value. They're succinct, take a clear stance, and grab the imagination with accessible analogies. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. At its core, this whole movie is an argument presented by Cher. I had to give myself snaps for all the good deeds I was doing. She makes her case about who she is and the great wisdom she has to impart about life. Searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Polly Shore movie. 
When she pontificates on the failings of high school boys to the sounds of David Bowie, it's like she's prefiguring the modern video essay craze. It looks like they just fell out of bed and put on some baggy pants and take their greasy hair, ooh, and cover it up with a backwards cap and, like, we're expected to swoon? So a big part of what makes her effectively persuasive is a mastery of voice. She has an impressive facility with language. I've tried everything to convince him of my scholastic aptitude, but I was brutally rebuffed. And understands the importance of originality and inventiveness in her thought and speech. She's a full-on Monet. What's a Monet? It's like the painting, see? From far away it's okay, but up close it's a big old mess. Whether or not her observations have much basis in reality, there's something deeply enjoyable about the way in which she makes them. Do you prefer fashion victim or ensemble challenge? According to Aristotle's rhetoric, there are three modes of persuasion, and we can see Cher demonstrate how to use all three in Clueless. The first, ethos, is when the speaker appeals to her own personal character. It's important that the rhetorician comes across as credible. She's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. For example, if you know you're listening to the foremost professor on a subject, I just want everyone here to know that I am the preeminent true scholar in the United States. You'll probably listen to what they have to say more than you would the ramblings of any random Joe on the same topic. My birthday is in April, and as someone older, can I please give you some advice? Aristotle said that the speaker's character may almost be called the most effective means of persuasion he possesses. And the fact that you hang with D and I, well, that speaks very highly of you. And this mode, ethos, is what Cher uses to open the movie. She anticipates the assumptions the audience might draw about her. So, okay, you're probably going. Is this like an Oxima commercial or what? And she rushes to fend them off by establishing her credibility. But seriously, I actually have a way normal life for a teenage girl. Aristotle's second mode of persuasion is pathos, which is putting the audience into a certain frame of mind. Aristotle writes, Persuasion may come through the hearers, when the speech stirs their emotions. So often, the most important part of a successful persuasion is knowing the listener and crafting the argument to make them feel something. Cher gives us a masterclass in pathos when she convinces her teachers to give her better grades. She gets them on her side by invoking a common enemy. I told my P.E. teacher an evil male had broken my heart. Or expressing interest in their passions. Then I promised Miss Geis I'd start a letter-writing campaign to my congressman about violations of the Clean Air Act. And when she encounters an audience who's unreceptive to all arguments, she goes further and makes him over into a happier person who can be swayed. He's a miserable little man who wants to make everyone else miserable too. Dee, that's it! We've got to figure out a way to make Mr. Hall sublimely happy. Aristotle's third mode of persuasion is logos, which consists of the logic and evidence that back up the speaker's argument. Cher understands the importance of referring to concrete examples or comparisons to prove her point, and she's very good at dressing up uncompelling data to make it sound better than it is. Excuse me, but I have donated many Nine expensive Italian outfits to Lucy, tons. and as soon as I get my license, I fully intend to break for animals, and I have contributed many hours helping two lonely teachers find romance. But here, for example, the evidence she's presented is a little thin. Logos is the mode where Cher is the weakest. Do you have any idea what you're talking about? No. Why do I sound like I do?
Aristotle defines rhetoric as essentially being able to find the available means of persuasion in any case. The subject or the content doesn't matter. It's the ability to see what could be persuasive in anything. Mr. Hall, I was surfing the crimson wave. I had to haul ass to the ladies. But while this might be the key to being a perfect rhetorician, in Cher's life, this lack of regard for the content of what she's arguing for is holding her back. I got it. Elton. He just oh, broke off the lead. Yes. Who's Elton? Oh my god, he's way popular. He's like the social director of the crew. Early in the movie, Cher gets some negative feedback about her debate performance. He said my debates were unresearched, unstructured, and unconvincing. As if. So let's break down Mr. Hall's three criticisms unresearched. Okay, maybe Cher could read a few more books to flesh out her policy suggestions. But the deeper meaning of this is that Cher hasn't done much research of her world. As the title of the movie underlines, this is the story of Cher realizing how much she doesn't know. It all boiled down to one inevitable conclusion. I was just totally clueless. She's still a kid with limited experience of culture. You like Billie Holiday? I love him. Right. The larger world. Lucy's from El Salvador. Oh, what does that matter? You get upset if someone thinks you live below sunset. And relationships. Cher, you're a virgin? You see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. When you look past her entertaining delivery, the substance of plenty of the advice she offers us is laughably simplistic. Sometimes you have to show a little skin. This reminds guys of being naked, and then they think of sex. Her style over substance problem is encapsulated in her approach to driving. Instead of focusing on learning to drive well, she makes excuses for her mistakes. Boy, they came out of nowhere. Hello, that was a stop sign. I totally paused. Hey, James Bond, in America we drive on the right side of the road. I am, you try driving in platforms. On the day of her test, she's focused on what clothes to wear. But today's the driving test. It's my most capable looking outfit. And this is a perfect symbol of her fixation on how she's presenting herself, instead of whether she knows her stuff. After she totally botches the test, true to form, she tries to talk herself out of failing. You saw how that biker came out of nowhere, right? Oh, I swear I'll concentrate. I drive really good usually. But Cher learns sometimes there's just no substitute for actually doing the work. I failed something I couldn't talk my way out of? This event is followed by Cher's second, even bigger wake-up call. You're a virgin who can't drive. The revelation that all of her wise teachings and makeover efforts have made sweet Ty into an unfeeling, cruel, shallow person. What did I do? I've created some sort of a monster. She's forced to reevaluate all of the substance she's been so authoritatively passing down to her friends and to us. Everything I think and everything I do is wrong. Thus, to make her arguments better researched, Cher needs to learn the power of being receptive to the world and people around her. And then I realized all my friends were really good in different ways. Like Christian, he always wants things to be beautiful and interesting. And she listens when the universe presents her with a community that's actually in need of meaningful help she can provide. Miss Geist? Cher? I want to help. That would be wonderful. Mr. Hall's second critique is that Cher's arguments are unstructured. And this is true of her life, too. I'd like to see you have a little bit of direction. I have direction. Yeah, towards the mall. Cher's characterization plays on the 80s and 90s stereotype of the valley girl. I'm like, all these like, really great shoe stores. I'm like, 
going into like clothing stores and stuff. She's watching the Galleria. Even though she's from Beverly Hills and rarely goes to the valley. Wow, a party. It's in the valley. The cops usually break them up in less than an hour. It takes that long to get there. This character exemplified the valley girl's distinctive speech. But people came that like did not RSVP. So I was like totally bugging. Her materialism and love of shopping. Dude, what's wrong? Are you suffering from buyer's remorse or something? God, no, nothing like that. And the way she might come across as airheaded. What'd you do in school today? Well, I broke in my purple clogs. But Cher's argument for herself is a rebuttal of the assumption that teen girls aren't worthy of respect. I'm gonna get killed because she's a moron. She's not a moron. It's quickly apparent that this young woman is incredibly smart. I think that I remember Hamlet accurately. <laughs> well, I remember Mel Gibson accurately. They didn't say that. That Polonius guy did as well as creative and well-intentioned. Her problem, though, what does fit of the Valley Girl critique, is that she's superficial. This very bright person who wants to make a positive impact has no outlet for her potential. We should do something good for mankind or the planet for a couple of hours. So by presenting this critique of the Valley Girl type and share, director Amy Heckerling was subtly getting at how, while 90s culture expressed contempt for young women who spoke like Cher, You think that's all I do? I'm just a ditz with a credit card? In fact, it was their culture that was failing these young women by not providing them with appropriate positive influences. Girls like Cher were shaped by consumerist culture and beauty magazines. And you lose weight by doing it like this, like putting it really small. Whenever a boy comes, you should always have something baking. And left hungry for something more productive to channel their talents into. Regina's spine healed, and her physical therapist taught her to channel all her rage into sports. The movie implies several times that Cher's reliance on argument is really a seeking of control. Cher's main thrill in life is a makeover, okay? It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. I felt impotent and out of control, which I really hate. She goes on to reveal that she uses retail therapy to manage her stress. I needed to find sanctuary in a place where I could gather my thoughts and regain my strength. And this is actually kind of a sad commentary. Ooh, I wonder if they have that my size. That Cher doesn't have a more satisfying means of taking charge when she feels down. And you've never had a mother, so you're acting out on that poor girl like she was your Barbie doll. Josh implies the reason Cher needs to act like a know-it-all is because she's disempowered by not having a guiding female presence in her life. I don't remember her, but I like to pretend she still watches over me. Hey, Ma. 98 geometry. Pretty groovy. Huh. So there's a suggestion that Cher is hooked on positive feedback because, deep down, she feels really lost in her life. She found someone even more clueless than you are to worship you. Finally, Mr. Hall calls Cher's debates unconvincing. In fact, the great pleasure of watching Clueless comes from the comic mismatch between what we see and Cher's questionable interpretation of events. Do you see how he's falling in love with me? I mean, look how he ignores every other girl. Cher is out of touch with reality because she's working very hard to defend a certain self-image. She's filtering her experiences through too many layers of agenda and imagination. And she develops a more mature view of the world when she's finally more willing to look openly at the chaos of reality. You look confused. Well, uh, I thought they declared peace in the Middle East. For Cher and her family, 
fighting is love. Daddy, no! Daddy, no! You know you can't have that. Don't be silly. Look at her relationship with the person she comes to realize she's in love with, Josh. Shouldn't you go to school on the East Coast? I hear girls at NYU aren't all particular. <laughs> You're funny. These two express how much they care through fighting. Hey, granola breath, you got something on your chin. If I ever saw you do anything that wasn't 90% selfish, I'd die of shock. Cher and her dad show their love by bickering over each trying to do good for the other. And don't try sneaking out of the office. Dr. Lovett's coming by to give you a flu shot. Oh, Josh is in town. He's coming for dinner. Why? The most long-lasting couple in Cher's friendship group, Dion and Murray, are constantly arguing too. That's it. That's it. You wanna play games? You wanna play games? I'm calling your I'm, mother. I'm calling. Hold up. No, 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 no. Wait, don't call my mom. And by the end, it's clear they have a deep bond underneath their displays of drama. Or Dion and Murray, when they think no one is watching, are so considerate of each other. When Cher meets the guy who seems perfect, Christian, his nice, flattering pleasantness is the behavior of someone who doesn't love her. Handsome. Stunning. Putting it all out there, honestly expressing what you think and feel, and hashing it all out are key signs of love. Murray, I have asked you repeatedly not to call me woman. Excuse me, Miss Dion. Thank you. Okay, but street slang is an increasingly valid form of expression. Most of the feminine pronouns do have mocking, but not necessarily misogynistic undertone. On first viewing, many viewers might find it slightly weird that Josh is Cher's step-brother. How much fun would it be having a brother-type tagging along? Josh, you are not my brother. The relation comes from the source material, as Jane Austen's heroine Emma falls for Mr. Knightley, her lifetime friend who's also her sister's brother-in-law. But what Clueless brings out in this sibling-like relationship is how bickering and teasing are true signs of affection. I want to do something good for humanity. How about sterilization? After Cher first realizes her feelings, she's paralyzed because she can't put on the fake shows that she normally uses as part of courting. I mean, ordinarily I'd strut around him in my cutest little outfits and send myself flowers and candy, but I couldn't do that stuff with Josh. Her relationship with Josh is too honest for that kind of superficial, artificial manipulation. So this gets at how fighting is a natural outcome of authentic behavior. How many hours a day do you spend grooming yourself? Some people are not lucky enough to be as naturally adorable as you are. Stop it. You're making me blush. Almost all teen movies focus on popularity and the cruelty of adolescence. But while that's a part of Clueless, whatever. What's great about Cher is that she deeply desires to be a good person. I don't think they need your skis. Daddy, some people lost all their belongings. Don't you think that includes athletic equipment? It's hard to think of that many examples of characters like her, who earnestly try to improve their world, especially as teens. Now I feel like all my after-school commitments are just not good enough. How can you say that? Who takes care of everyone in this household? Who makes sure that Daddy eats right? To tell you the truth, I have not seen such good doing since your mother. If you look closer, Cher's do-gooder instinct is tied to her drive to argue. She doesn't just accept the way things are. She's always pushing for better. I would just like to say that physical education in this school is a disgrace. In the last scene, Cher tells Josh he can count on her to catch the wedding bouquet. It's in the bag. And, of course, she emerges victorious. Why does Cher know that she's going to win this exercise? Because she has the drive to keep fighting for what she wants, long after everyone else has given up. 
Cher's argumentative stance teaches us we should never be content with the status quo. What are the chances of you shutting up till you get your way? Slim to none. Because we can always negotiate for better. And I know how you say never accept a first offer, so I figure these grades are just a jumping off point to start negotiations. This could lead to the kind of irritating, entitled personality that's always asking for the manager. Isn't there somebody else I can talk to, a supervisor or something? I mean, can't be the absolute and final word in driver's licenses. But when channeled in the right direction, it yields a person who's always seeing opportunities for progress all around her. Don't you want to use your popularity for a good cause? No. Once she finds her mission that's worth fighting for. Miss Dears, I need more boxes. They're all filled up. Already great. I divided them into entrees and appetizers. Oh. Okay. Share the Persuader is unstoppable. It's like that book I read in ninth grade that said, "'Tis a far, far better thing doing stuff for other people." This video is sponsored by Skillshare, an online learning community we love. With over 25,000 classes taught by seasoned pros, Skillshare has a class on pretty much anything you could want. You can develop your creativity through a class on calligraphy, graphic design, or writing. You can learn to succeed in business with classes on how to make it as a freelancer, market a podcast, or become an Instagram influencer. You can use it to master new technology through classes on web design, coding, and data science. Or you can bring that extra flair into your lifestyle, sharpen your knife skills, learn papermaking, speak Spanish, or let Saba Tahir, a New York Times best-selling author, teach you how to create believable characters. Right now, Skillshare is offering our viewers two months access to all their classes for free. So click the link in the description below to sign up now.